Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best TV car. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, this is a great day for podcasting for us. It really is. Isn't it? It is. This is our second recording of the day. Our first recording was Classic Conversations. And we had an absolute blast chatting with Jeff Dwoskin, who has interviewed some of your, to the people of the world, your favorite people. He has interviewed. We were honored to get to be on his show, and he has come on our show right now. What's up, Jeff? The honor is mine to have you on my show. Dude, before we get started on this, (laughs) I want to know, what was it like to interview Jesus himself? Ted Neely? Ted Neely, yeah. The only person who, at 60, I believe, still was playing Jesus. He's still playing Jesus. He's still doing it. He still tours, and he does the Q&As with the film. I didn't know who Ted Neely was. Yeah. For those who don't, Jesus Christ Superstar, the movie, he's Jesus in that and is still touring the show playing Jesus in assorted versions. Right. In the, from the 1970s, that Jesus Christ Superstar movie. And, uh, you know, before that he was in, uh, hair and then he was a couple other musicals. Oh, cool. And a friend of mine was a passionate fan of Ted Neely and, Ted Neely has passionate fans. If you're Jesus Christ, you are going, your fans are going to be fans. This guy not only played Jesus Christ, he looks like Jesus Christ. Like like when you picture, like, yeah. And so they had a documentary coming out for it, Superstars. So I ended up watching the movie for, oh, so I reached out to him. I'm Mm -hmm. like, hey, would you like to be on my podcast? And he's like, sure. And so I was like, cool. And then I'm like, oh, okay. You know, when people say yes, that's when the work begins. Right? Sure. <laughs> right. Like when you pick a topic for the show, that's when the work begins. So growing up, I had never seen Jesus Christ Superstar just because being Jewish, it just wasn't on the, you know. Sure. You guys are the bad guys. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for reminding me of that, Mark. I appreciate it. Every day he reminds me of that, even outside. I of do. This. I just text him every morning. Well, yeah. <laughs> And so, um, so I watch it, taking notes. I mean, I know the basic story, but you know, sure. And so when I was meeting with him and talking with him, I mean, we started laughing and like, we just had, we clicked right away, mostly because I think because it before the show started in the, in the, um, documentary, they sing, uh, in the jungle, a bunch of them do that acapella. Mm-hmm. And I had a funny, uh, sex story from college involving that song and i told it to him before the show uh which was having uh am I, I don't, can i say this story as long as i don't swear right it's like sure okay so sure. I, I so i we went up north you know in college and like sex was new yay and so uh i i, I have sex with my girlfriend and then just for some reason i'm upstairs and my, my friends are downstairs with their girlfriends and i'm just sitting in the bed and just and all of a sudden i just mumble to myself 
in the jungle, the mighty jungle. And then from below, in two separate rooms, you hear a wee moap, a wee moap. Which means if they heard that. Exactly. Oh, that's, my God. That's, not the, that's the part I block out. But uh, <laughs> but God bless them for that two-minute interruption. Amen. Isn't that how the Manson family started? <laughs> Same way. <laughs> yeah. They all met by Awima weighing their way into sick, each right? other. They love the tokens. Oh, Who my God. <laughs> but such a nice guy. Jesus was such yeah. a nice guy. He's everything you'd hope Jesus would be. Oh, good. My goodness. Right? Well, we're not here to talk about Jesus or having sex to The Lion Sleeps Tonight. No, we're here to talk about TV cars. And this topic was suggested by E. Clayton Harlan II, who I am assuming is a direct descendant of someone very important with a name like E. Clayton Harlan II, uh, and Christopher Beatty. So multiple people have requested that this. This was, this was also in the Facebook group. So shout out to everyone who put this idea out there. Did you guys, when you heard the topic, best TV car, did a bunch jump into your mind? Did one jump into your mind? How did you approach this topic? Yeah, you picked it too. We gave you a couple choices. This yeah. is the one you picked. What made you choose it? I had a few that popped right into my head. And then I kind of, once you kind of like sit on it for a minute, you start to realize, oh, there's a lot of yeah. classic TV cars and you can go pretty deep on this. I was thankful we limited it just to TV, mm -hmm. but yeah. Oh my gosh. They, uh, they just started popping in my head left and right. They started taking notes. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, and I was like, <laughs> hmm, what make, you know, which one do I like the best? I mean, I think I know, but you know. Yeah. Let me ask you this. And this is really for all of us to figure out. Are we going to limit this to live action television or are we going to include cars from animated series? That's a great question because I have the footmobile from the Flintstones written down. Okay. okay. So then I guess we are included. Yeah. I we'll think, I we'll like keep that as, I think we can keep that as a category. Yeah. I have some, I have, uh, I don't know. Mark's usually the structure guy. I'm like, I wrote a bunch of, I wrote these down so I don't forget them. Yeah. But, uh, like I always just say, we'll throw them out there and talk about them. But do you do you have a way you want to do this, Mark? Yeah, I think I us? think a, a way to do this uh, to divide it up that I think will be fun is uh, I've got just we can keep it pretty freewheeling like we do on many episodes. I've got it divided into several categories. I don't have specific uh, cars for each category, but I would like to posit that we break it into a few categories and then maybe pull. If there's not one that comes out of a category, great. If there's two that come out of a category, but we can just to just to give us a way to talk about it, divide them up into a few categories. And why not start with animated cars? If we're going to divide it into categories, let's start with the A's and go animation. And I figure with each of these, we can just throw out the ones that we think are contenders. We'll be like Roman, uh, we'll be like Oliver Reed in Gladiator and just, these are my gladiators. And we'll, br we'll each bring our Magic the Gathering cards to this particular game. Just like Oliver Reed did in Gladiator. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to play these cards now. Yeah. <laughs> this one, ooh, I have a Maximus. <laughs> let's start with the great animated cars i have six that i wrote down the footmobile is definitely on there to talk yeah. about the footmobile a little bit jeff i mean what's well, it's the classic you know uh, green car right yeah no engine no fumes, <laughs> that's true uh, right and so uh you know you got it to me it was like 
it was just like, it was a cool car. It was, and just let me preface by saying, I know nothing about cars from a literal sense. Like my yeah. car that I drive, I know the key starts it and it gets me where I need right. to go. So remind us what city you're in. Detroit, just outside. <laughs> just outside. Of <laughs> just throw that out there. Yeah. So just any, any, most of my opinions are going to be based on visual. Right? Of course. Visual yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think we need to get into like, what do you think yeah. the horsepower is on that football bill? Well, he's he got pretty fat cankles. I'm sure you can push <laughs> that thing pretty fast. <laughs> but it was a group effort, right? Didn't they all have to, to Did make you call it a group effort? Yeah, that's fine. Don't edit that out. Listen, Groof Eppert was one of the creators of some of these great classic cars, He's, but he, he never gets the credit he deserves because yeah. they always, because autocorrect takes away his legacy <laughs> every time. <laughs> Sorry, that was really dumb. Oh my God. Yeah. They all made the cargo, right? It wasn't just him. Didn't they all have to? The, the, how many? Yeah. To it? it probably only worked in the, in, when it wasn't raining. Right. It was yeah. basically yep. an open car. Yeah. As vehicles yeah. go, it feels like more of an impediment than a help. Yeah. Like it feels like of all the cars that we're going to talk about, it's a delightful car and it, you know, they can take it to the drive in and everything. This car feels like, uh, it feels like walking would be easier. Well, it's in context, right? You got to yeah, say, yeah. you got to put yourself in the caveman mentality and Hang on. think, like, okay, now I'm there. Right now, well, nothing else is there. So now it's like I'm walking everywhere, right? And getting yep. eaten by dinosaurs. And so here I am in a slightly protective thing. <laughs> so, and, so the footmobile is not about, it's not about propulsion. It's about, it's like a big turtle shell. It's it just was, to protect you from dinosaurs. It's a combination. Think about the joy you had with the Atari 2600. Yeah. This is playing like a Madden football today. It's night and day. You can't compare it. Yeah. But when you were true. playing Atari 2600, it was the greatest thing in the history of that moment, right? So you this know, oh. is they've somehow figured out the wheel, and now they got they can get they can move you faster. So you know, Jeff, we talked on classic conversations. We talked a little bit of, about impressions and impersonations, and you brought up the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Would you like to hear my impression of Atari Twenty Six Hundred basketball? Of course. Do you remember? You remember you played basketball on the? Okay, this is what it sounds like. And somebody comes and steals it. <laughs> Waving arm, holding it. Thank you. That, that impression, that impression was, was half visual. <laughs> I know. <laughs> me doing the wavy arm. Sometimes we just do it for us. Uh, oh, it by the way, uh, from Ken Plume, uh, we are being corrected. It is not the footmobile. It is the Flintmobile. And it is not a group effort because according to the song, courtesy of Fred's Two Feet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was, in fact, and so basically it's like, hey, Fred, how about, do you like walking? Okay, we're going to put this giant thing around you, and now your walking is also going to have to propel the rest of your family. <laughs> hey, Doc, I can't feel my ankles. Uh, all right, I'll throw one out there for animated television cars from, also from, I believe this started in the 1960s. Ken, jump in the uh, chat and let me know if uh, that is true. And I will say the Scooby-Doo Gang's Mystery Machine. Yes, 1969. 1969, just, just barely in there. Yes. Yeah, I, I can say no more other than I love the Mystery Machine. I love the colors. I love the style. The ultimate hippie van. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Just Scooby Snacks. 
just chilling in a van, eating snacks all day. Yeah. You pull up in the mystery machine, you're making a statement. Yeah. We're you ever seen one in the wild? That mystery. Yeah, right. <laughs> mystery be damned. We're about to solve you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody, anybody, any nefarious figures in the town, you know, usually the mayor or some sort of high powered business person who's trying to take over whatever broken down area it is. <laughs> you know, you're screwed if you see that mystery machine roll into your town center. Like, what are those? What are those? <laughs> what are they doing at the diner? Don't they dress up in disguise sometimes and do? I feel like Shaggy and Scooby have have gone uh, undercover or gone oh, yeah. in disguise in episodes. But there's no like everybody saw them. Everybody saw a Great Dane <laughs> and and a hippie get out of a green, blue, and orange van. Yeah, and snoop around with the other three teenagers. Right. Like it's exactly. just not it's not practical as far as that goes. But it is beautiful. Like you know you can't talk about animated cars and not bring that up. Yeah. I think you could do a mystery machine impression. It could probably be your basketball one, but just the dribbling. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going over a oh, rocky the mystery road. Machines yeah. here. Yeah. Hey. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Are you sure that's the mystery machine? That's not a hippie and a Great Dane. That is a nice elderly woman and a very tall Boy Scout. At first, I thought it was someone playing basketball, but then I looked out the window. <laughs> I didn't see that hand waving. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear the beep that we all know happens when the ball goes through the hoop. <laughs> all right, Jeff, who do you have on your uh, list of animated uh, vehicles that we haven't talked about? Um, the only other one I can even think of is, uh, I don't, I don't, you'll have to tell me if this counts, the Jetsons flying aero car. Sure. Um, you know, I yeah. think, yeah. So fits in a briefcase. Yeah. And so, I mean, that one would be, you know, the only other one, those three are the ones that really come to mind when I think animated fake cars. Yeah. Th that they're really good ones. That one is fun. I always think of it more as a flying uh, saucer, but it is a car. It is a car. I know everybody considers if it. If it's car. getting into, tra it does get into traffic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's oh, the yeah. morning, the morning commute. It's got that. <laughs> the best thing about that is the Elroy launcher. That you just push a button on it and Elroy drops out in his own little pod that sends him off to school. Like, I am not a parent, but I imagine that uh, there are many parents out there who at some point after hearing one too many, are we there yet, would like to just hit a button that sends their kid out to their school via an escape pod. Yeah, that to me, that to me is the most delightful element of uh, of the Jetsons briefcase sure. car. Yeah. I'll throw out the gadget mobile. Mm. The gadget mobile, which had an ejector seat. Uh, it had a an extendable claw. It could go from van to sports car. So, uh, you know, that's a, a, a bit of a transformation, not quite a transformer. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, if it ever found itself underwater, it could propel itself with hilarious gas, not laughing gas, hilarious gas, which I guess is high octane. Laughing gas. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for the gadget mobile. I mean, if you, if you like a car that has a lot of gadgets, mm -hmm. then look no further than the Mach 5 from Speed Racer. That's true. The, the ultimate in, uh, in luxury and gadgets. <laughs> Are you selling us right now? Is that what you're doing? You're selling I gotta us. I got to move the these off the lot. I paid too much. I got a lot of inventory. <laughs> we got to move these. The Mach 6 is coming in. You got to clear got out Mach the Mach 6s. 5s. They're at the port. Listen, 
I'm going to give you a deal on this. You like oh, yeah? a car that can go stilts? You can pop the tires <laughs> of the other cars. There are buttons on here. We don't even know what they do. We're not supposed to touch them. We can't read the instruction booklet. Literally, we can't understand it. But you can get someone to to – it's for a song you can have it. And you, you can figure it out. I mean, it is a classic car, right? Like it is a, a – Oh, yeah. I kind of like the Flintstones car more, though. The Flintstones car feels more iconic. Yeah. But that's because we're of that, we're, you know, those, I think those episodes have lasted longer. You know, there was the Speed Racer reboot in the 90s, uh, mm. the anime version, but I don't know that it clicked into America's, uh, psyche the way that the Flintstones did. And it's a little more niche. A little more niche. Yeah. Did you ever watch Speed Racer? Jeff, were you a Speed Racer? I don't think kid I ever watched Speed Racer. I don't think I ever did. Uh, uh, let me, uh, I'll just summarize it for you so you don't have to watch. Every episode, there's a race. Every episode. Oh, every race? Every, every episode. <laughs> every episode. Yeah. The, the little kid and the, the monkey sneak into the car, even though they're not supposed to be there. He almost gets killed. Racer X helps him. You know, Racer X is, is his brother. Cause he's like driving. He's like, I can't tell Speed Racer that I'm his brother. And then that's, that's the, that's sort of, I think there were two partners, even some of them. They're enjoyable. For what they are, but uh, you know, the, I think the car—it's an iconic car, but I don't think it would be the best one. No, it's not I also there. think if, if you, yeah, it's up there. But if you put brontosaurus ribs on it, it would probably just crush the chassis. I feel like the <laughs> the the flint mobile—you could just push, but like they that thing gets turned over all the time. Like the brontosaurus that that he that he works on will tip it over by yeah. mistake. Like they, you can just—it's just like a really—it's more practical car, even though I don't know how they turn it. It's just two stone rollers. That's true. It is more of a steamroller than a car. Yeah, that, right. That, They're that, probably like praying for hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Whoa. no sharp turns. I just—where <laughs> do you want to go? Somewhere that's that's straight ahead, like fifty yards away. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Here Fantastic. Anything on a 1% grade? Nope. We'll stay right here where we are. Thank you. That, that steering wheel <laughs> in the front is a dream. That thing doesn't work. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. The mechanics of that, that steering wheel is just for show. Yeah. Uh, if we're sticking with animated cars, by the way, I want to give a shout out to from Wacky Races, what I think is the best of the cars in Wacky Races, though it never wins because he is too kind and he always just stops to help people. And that is the number three car, the convert a car, which is made by an inventor and can turn into anything. I guess I'm just stuck on cars that can transform into other cars, which leads us to one more animated car or collection of animated cars, the Transformers. Thoughts? Are they actually cars or is car just a disguise? I think that's just a disguise, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when, yeah. And he's like, all bumblebees all not, yeah. 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 They are yeah, robots think, in disguise. So is that right. knocking them out on a technicality? I think you have to be a car at least 75% of the time for this <laughs> game. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. The best no TV car needs to time. be at least three quarters of its time spent as a car. Yeah, like he doesn't go, he doesn't say, all right, guys, I'm going to sleep and then, and yeah. then turn into a truck and just park. <laughs> like, there's no way he stretches out. He's got a bed. Oh, yeah. 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 He has a special uh, area at all the rest stops off of the freeway. There's like a, just this giant bed for Optimus Prime. Do you think there's one transformer, one of the Autobots who won't turn back into a robot, just enjoys being a car too much? Yeah, like feels a freedom of responsibility they never felt before. 
<laughs> they'll cover that topic when they've run out of other movies to make. They'll, yeah. play, they'll just <laughs> Transformers Dark of the Carpool. He's just always a car. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, is there any, any other, uh, any other animated cars? Do, who do we think might come out of this category? Is there, are there any of them that can compete coming out of this, uh, out of this section? With a real car? With a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just with, as far as best television car. I think, we think the mystery machine can, it can compete. I think. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll pull the mystery machine out and, uh, and add that. That is the first of our categories that is going to, uh, that, that is the first victor of a category. Now I would like to move on to another category. This category is going to be mostly seventies, maybe early eighties cars, maybe a couple from the sixties, but that is, of course, the muscle car. Mm. The not, there's a couple of muscle cars that are not known for being muscle cars. They're known for other things that they do. Uh, so we can save those for other categories later on, but there are some that are simply just cool muscle cars. I'll throw out one and it is the 1986 Ferrari Testarossa from Miami Vice driven mm-hmm. by Crockett simply because of the crazy story that goes with us. You guys know about this Ferrari story? No. So for the first two seasons of Miami Vice, Ferrari would not give production a Ferrari to shoot with. So they took a different car model and they dressed it to look like a Ferrari or they bought. Sorry, somebody had dressed it to make a replica of a Ferrari. Uh, The production company that was making the show bought it uh, universal, I think. And then that was that played a Ferrari on the show, even though it wasn't actually a Ferrari. The Ferrari company found this out sued the manufacturer of the replica and offered to the production of the show, uh, look, we don't want you using that anymore. Fine. We will give you a Ferrari. So the black Ferrari that Crockett had in the first two seasons, episode one of season three, they blew it up with a missile and gave him this amazing white 1986 Testarossa that he drove for the rest of the series. Again, a very flashy car like the mystery machine for a person who frequently has to be undercover. Wow. So that is the first one that is going into the muscle car category, I think. What do you guys got as far as just cool muscle cars? I have the Ford Grand Torino from Starsky and Hutch. Ah, yes. yes. The striped tomato. Yes. Tell yeah. us about it. It is a red car with a white. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> And they just beat the the crap out of it. Yeah. (laughs) We just run into things. Uh, yes. Um, he, I think they, uh, I read that, um, they hated the car. They just hated it because I guess it, it didn't handle well at all. It was horrible to drive. Right. And, um, yeah. And they just, they, uh, Paul Michael Glazer or David Soul, one of them just wished it would just die forever. But, uh, but it is, it's like, it's got that signature white stripe. And, yeah. uh, it's just that red car. It's just, it's iconic, uh, yeah. in, in that sense. Uh, Ford Grand Tar- a lot of Fords, wasn't it? There was a, we got to go back to the sixties though, cause some of the greatest ones are in the sixties. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if this counts. Oh, this is, uh, that is a beautiful, it is an iconic car. I think people probably remember that more than anything else they would remember from Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Outside of like Huggy Bear. Like those are the two things. If you ask me to, like, what do I identify, uh, the, their, 
the car, the Gran Torino and, and Huggy Bear. Those are the two things. So it is, that is a really good one. Um, I'm trying to stay away from ones that also have a ton of gadgets in them because I feel like that, that's its own thing. Yeah. So I'll go with, I feel like it's weird if we don't talk about the General Lee, even though, yeah. even though it's not great to have something with the stars and bars on it driving around. Uh, yeah, but it is a classic car. When I was a kid, I watched Dukes of Hazard all the time. I thought it was so cool to watch it jump. It was fast. The doors didn't work, so they had to jump in the windows. It was like everything I thought a car would be when I learned how to drive. And then I, it was not at all. I don't want to jump in a window ever. Uh, we're all on uh, Twitter now. Hashtag cancel hell. Oh, no. Yeah. No. I was, you know what? I, and it's funny. You, you mentioned that. I was thinking that earlier. This is, I knew this was a conversation we were going to have to have yeah. because, uh, the generally it is many things all at once. It is on the negative side, a very negative side. And we have, I think our job is to figure out how much of a demerit it receives for having a Confederate flag on the roof. And, you know, perpetuating the notion. Originally, it was not orange. It was going to be, quote, Confederate gray. It was the idea that the Confederacy was just a bunch of rebels who were going against the evil boss hogs of the towns for perpetuating that notion that that flag meant something other than what it actually meant. There was a lot of like Burt Reynolds, the South is hot. Like yeah, it was kind of born in in that time period. So there, yeah. there was this like it wasn't even the 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 astoundingly stupid heritage not hate argument. It was yeah. more like this is that what is the South? The South is this. Yeah, so we'll put this on the car. I mean, you would think, but the orange was a was a good call. It would have looked dumb if it was if it was gray. Right. It is a beautiful car in shape, and it was cool to watch it drive. But I also think there are I probably have six better cars. That we haven't even talked about yet. I I think this one though, I gotta say, maybe this is as uh growing up watching the show, it feels like aside from maybe this knocks it down to out of the top six, the Confederate flag on the roof. And shout out to the person who purchased the original very first car and wanted to, I don't know if he ever ultimately did, swap out the Confederate flag on the roof for a uh an American flag. I don't know if you ever actually went through with that, but I think this, I mean, this has to be on the metal podium for me of uh, aside of like, if it weren't for the heritage involved and that I think is what we need to figure out again, how much of a demerit that it winds up getting for that reason. Because I mean, of all the cars, it jumped an average. The stats on this car are wild. It jumped an average of twice per episode, which means there were a minimum of 296 times that car was jumped, which means they made uh, roughly 320 of them over the life of the series. Only 17 of them still exist. The car is arguably more of a character, a more, a more memorable character from the show than anything else. Johnny Cash recorded a song from the point of view of the car. I'm a charger. Like it's, it is a, it is, it is inarguably high up on the list. But again, that rebel flag on the roof is a real, real turnoff. If As you grew a, up, if I, I agree with everything you said. I, if you grew up watching mm-hmm. the show, 
Meaning like mm-hmm. you were a kid watching it, which I qualify as a kid. Yeah. I didn't have that context. Right or wrong, yeah. right? And so yeah. um the General Lee was to me the coolest car ever. Right. It was just the yeah. greatest. Like I had the little matchbox car. Yeah. I even like if I see it like driving on the road, like one of the ro- like I'll follow it and take a picture. There's something also, but I think for us where it triggers that show as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, the Dukes of Hazard was just one of those shows that I think everybody watched. It was just yeah. part of pop culture at the time. And, you know, and the problematic nature of it came much, much, much later. Like, right. We became aware of the problematic nature of right. it much, much, much later. The, it existed at the time as well. But, sure, sure. Yeah. I, yeah. But I do, you know, I don't, I think I could easily pick a different car as my favorite mm-hmm. car anyway. Yeah. While still acknowledging that. Any symbolism aside, right? I, uh, it's it's definitely uh, right up there. Now you imagine someone today seeing it for the first time, they go oh, WTF, right? I mean, it's like yeah. they wouldn't get it, and it wouldn't make any sense, and th- they would get the context. So that's where um, you know I don't think it would make the list. It's- yeah. Why don't we do this? Why don't we ponder this? And we will let the people of the world out there ponder this as well while we take a brief break to find out about some of the other fantastic shows on the Maximum Fun Network. And when we come back, we will dive into some more cars that we think are up there on that Olympic podium, that very large Olympic podium, because it's got to fit three whole cars on it. But we're going to come up with the best TV car. We'll be right back. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. Hey there, this is Drea Clark. This is Alonzo Duralde. And this is Sparta! Iffy. Listen, I got 300 on the brain. We just watched the movie 300 in honor of our 300th episode of Maximum Film. That's right. And to celebrate this major milestone, we brought back original co-hosts Ricky Carmona and April Wolf. But just for this one episode, right? Oh, Iffy, you know we could never replace you. Some of the voices have changed over the years. Heck, the name of the show has changed too. But through it all, Maximum Film remains the movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white guys deal with it find this and all 300 episodes of maximum film anytime on maximumfun.org if we want to talk a little bit more about just iconic non-gadget cars what mm-hmm. about the ferrari 308 gts that magnum pi drove around hawaii the robin one yeah. oh yeah that's a beautiful ferrari pretty yeah you know what it's not designed for Tom Selleck's body. That's why they always had the T-top off of it, because Tom Selleck is too dang tall for that car. And watch any episode of that show, his head is poking out the top of the car. He need, You know what he needed? He needed a Chrysler Sebring. It's the convertible for the ample man, according to Eric Edelstein, <laughs> who used to drive a Chrysler Sebring and who is six and a half feet tall. 
Yeah. But you know what Tom Selleck did have? Detroit Tigers cap. That's that's right. right. Oh, huge Detroit Tigers fan. Sure. Jeff, we try to discover the answer as objectively as possible. Can you be objective when talking about a Ferrari whose driver was always wearing a Detroit hat? Yes, I can be. I swear. um, (laughs) I wouldn't believe it. I swear on my conversation with Jesus. I can. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not, I feel like a lot of these cars are just uh, like, I guess the question is sort of what are we looking for? Cause that is a, a very lovely car that was used a lot in the series. Is it like, is it a combination of the aesthetics and how it was used, like its function and maybe how important it was to the show? Like, would it, be, would it have been any different a show if he was driving around in like a Volvo? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, maybe a Volvo would have been hot. <laughs> a VW uh. bug. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine how he would stick out of that. He would look like the car was changing into a werewolf. How I mean, Mr. Think- Bean's mini. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that. To me, like to me, like the best car is the one that I would buy and drive everywhere. Like I okay. would love to. I'm pulling up at your house for that barbecue yeah. in this yeah. car. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, I like that. That's a good way of putting it. I think it's also going to be a car where it's silhouette. You would know it by its silhouette, maybe. That could be a criteria. Mm. Uh, you know, just like immediate, like, you know, the Flintmobile. If you just see the outline of the Flintmobile, you know it. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, that's just one, uh, one other criteria. Uh, do we think that it's hard for me not to, out of the muscle car category, bring the General Lee? We can leave the Confederate flag at the starting gate. Paint over it. Paint over it. Or do what this what this person did and put uh put an American flag flag on the top. Sure. Is there anything else we want? Why why don't we just name it most controversial? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then we're done. Everybody, take a break. Yeah. I do have one more in this category. Okay. Which is uh from the Rockford Files, the Pontiac Firebird Esprit. (laughs) Yeah. That are you looking at that too? Watch now. I'm I'm crossing that off my list too now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a bajillion cars on mine. There's, yeah. Uh, John Voight's LeBaron, another, you know, we were talking about that a while ago. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. All right. Now, uh, this will be a fun category, I I hope. Based on and inspired by the work of the great George Barris, let's talk about some unique creations that are not necessarily any actual car that you could buy and modify. Oh, Oh wait, should I throw two more in the old in the old category just to see it? Let me let me just run these past you and in the see. Uh, in the muscle car category. Yeah, in the muscle. Well, it seems like functional car. Yeah, we call it functional car because sure. a lot of those aren't. You know, George Barris made a- functional cards. Slap him in the face. Yeah, sorry. How dare yes, you? They are drivable. I understand. I apologize. I more run of the mill. Like a paint job happened. Right. One is the A team's AMC Vendura. I can't believe I forgot Vendura. to mention that. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, right. That was the eighties. Yeah. Yes. Van with a spoiler. Yeah, I have that one too. Uh, yeah, the only way to get BA Baracus around. Yeah. Yes, outside of drugging his milk and making right. him uh, parachute out of a plane. He ain't um, getting on no plane, Hannibal. Yeah, I'm not getting on no plane, Hannibal. Uh, and the other is the Partridge Family bus, which is just a bus, but painted up nice. Yeah, and they're it's got a cool paint job. Yeah. Their instruments. I, I wouldn't want to. The eight, the 18 van would be kind of cool to have, although I think it'd be easy. For someone to go like, why is he driving around in that windowless van everywhere? Yeah. 
the the eighteen van is like the uh, mercenary version of the mystery mobile. Yes. Yeah, if uh, yes. if the mystery mobile had guns and right. shag carpeting, oh, it probably did have shag carpeting and was covert. Yeah. yeah, like you didn't know they were under they were they were in the underground helping people. Yeah, on the run for a crime they didn't commit. Could you imagine the eighteen van with the mystery machine paint job? Guys, you're doing a terrible job of being on the lamb. Murdoch would be dead already. There'd be blood <laughs> all over that, all over that jacket and hat. Oh. All right. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a couple out. Let's jump to the unique vehicle world, including George Barris. There's an obvious one I'm not going to mention yet because we'll probably get into the weeds on that one, but I would like to throw out a couple of his other absolute classics. And that is the Munster coach, which was made out of three Model T Fords and a hearse and with the coffin handles on the sides of the engine in the front, spider web, rear view mirrors, a delightful car. Uh, and then, of course, uh, one that was found behind a Fontana feed store, a 1921 Oldsmobile touring car that was turned into the vehicle that the Beverly Hillbillies drove across the country in. I just love George Barris's work. I think he made the coolest most fun stuff uh his it i'm sad to say that his showroom which is a mile down the street from me recently closed which is very sad um because Why? it was cool i he just you know he's the guy i don't know he was 80 20 years ago right like uh he's i don't know if anyone was taking on the mantle of what he did like George Barris's Barris's custom cars. I don't know if he died or or, or if it was just he's, the. He's still alive. He might still be re- alive and retired. I don't know. I haven't looked into. I didn't do a where are they now of George Barris. I just remember that in the news a couple of years ago they closed down uh, his custom auto shop just okay. down the street from me in Toluca Lake, uh, which the was fascinating very sad. thing about George Barris when we talk about this one and mm-hmm. the other one. I think we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Is he made them both in like you got two weeks? Yeah. I like in yeah. no time at all. No put time together. These extremely, I kind of like the monster coach has got to be up there because that became part of that show. Tremendous as well. Anytime that whole family, you know, Herman and all of them where yeah. Patrick has it now and Dragula, which he yes, also Dragula's that's so good. Grandpa's car. His was that, car. I don't, Oh, I didn't remember grandpa's car too. A drag racer. Yeah, Dragula. Bar- oh my God. Paris also. And I, and uh, Butch Patrick has them and he like tours with oh, them and all that. But that's um, so cool. Good for him. But yeah. That one's, that one's a classic. That was top of my list too. Honestly, as much as I love those two cars, if he, if Butch Patrick was also touring with the car that he drove through the Phantom Toll Booth in the 1960s or, or early 70s movie, I would probably burst into tears if I saw it. Aww. It would be like the first time I saw the Muppet of Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. And Ugh. like, he's, he's in front of me. That, Sprocket. <laughs> that car. He just has, Butch Patrick has bought the cars from everything he's ever done and just brings them out. Oh, I fleet. love that. I love that. I love well, that. For that's him. like his passion was like race car driving and driving and stuff like that. That's so cool. Before we get to the big one in this category of oddball cars, more shout outs. You have any more shout out? Cause I have two more shout outs I would like to give. Well, mm-hmm. I have two. I mean, what do you got? What do you have? I got the monkey mobile. Yes. Yeah. That, I had that too. <laughs> awesome. Is that a, ba- that's a Barris also? That's uh, not a, no. it's not, not it, well, a Barris. Indirectly, indirectly. Okay. Uh, George Barris bought the second monkey mobile, added a few modifications of his own. And then in 2008 sold it. 
for $396,000. Now to wow. comp- to put that in, in perspective, when the show ended, um, they had one and they sold it for, I think, $2,000. Yeah. So George Barris took it, souped it up, and then was able to turn it for quite a pretty penny. I was in front of the Monkey Mobile once. I think I have a picture with Mickey Dolan's in front oh, of the Monkey Mobile. That's so cool. That from a Comic Con. From a Comic Con. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful car. I'll throw out the uh, stair car from Arrested Development. I have well. that on my list. <laughs> Me <Yeah>. too. <laughs> the stair car is so fun and weird. Yeah, it's, for hop ons. Yeah. The stairs from a private jet. That the family no longer has is now a car. Yeah. And because the writers of that TV show are so good. Like, I just love the idea that they said, okay, here is this vehicle. Go nuts, writers, whatever you can come up with. And they're like, uh, prison break. And like, just whatever that car could possibly be is, it's so fun. Yeah. So funny. It's a great character on that show. Shall we talk about Chuck Barris? I mean, Chuck Barris. Uh, Chuck George Barris's. The Dong Show? Yeah. George Barris's greatest, in my opinion, greatest achievement. I have one yes. more. I don't know if this is a George Barris yet because I do want to get into that car. And that is, did he design, uh, Black Beauty for Green Hornet? Is that him as well? Oh, I don't know. That I don't know if that was him. Imperial Crown. It's got so, the missiles but... that drop, that, like, yeah. drop down. It's a cool gadget car. It was Surveillance cool gadget drone car before... pops out of it. Yeah. It was the cool gadget car before. I believe it predates the car we're about to talk about, which you can't which, drum roll. Well, well I, I, I'm not sure where the, if this falls into the muscle car thing, but we mm. might need to double back on Kit. Oh, we'll I think get Kit to is in this okay. category. Oh, is you think it's in this category? It? I would put. I thought yeah. Kit would be in the gadget car category. Oh, is this there is, gadget these are gadget cars. cars? Well, this is a gadget. Or, or are we talking about gadget car? Because you mentioned gadget yeah. cars before. I, I feel like Kit. I, this feels like I'm not gonna, okay. Look, we've been beating around the bush here. This feels like a two-way race at this point for me between the Batmobile and Kit from Knight Rider. Okay. George Barris's classic Batmobile. Are there yeah. any others that we haven't talked about yet that we think are contenders? Fred Sanford's red 1951 F100 truck from the opening credits of Sanford and Son? <laughs> it's classic. I- it is a classic. The Batmobile is one of the greatest cars of all time. It's perfect. Yes. yes. It is a 1955 uh Lincoln Futura. It's a concept car. Mm-hmm. So it was not mass produced. It was the only one of its kind, basically. He bought yeah. it for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So you interviewed Burt Ward before. Did Burt have any stories about the Batmobile? Uh I don't I don't recall him having yeah. any specific stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, but I did. Um, I don't know if he told me this, but I, or I read it, but there was no air conditioning. Ooh. And there was also, you couldn't put the windows down because it was just the two bubbles. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, and they did, what's crazy is they didn't have to do much to it. You know what I mean? It had been in a movie two years prior, uh, a Debbie Reynolds movie, right? And it basically looked identical. The two bubbles were there. Most of the lines were there. They just added a few things. They put the exhaust, at least a coffee can that they put on the back to make the exhaust blaster uh, with the flames. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. just like, what a serendipitous thing. And by the way, in that one of the saddest things about that showroom closing was that the Batmobile was parked right. It looked like a, you know, it looked like a car garage, like the where they would work on cars parked right inside, just on the other side of the glass. And there, there it was the beautiful, uh, beautiful Batmobile. 
Uh, and now hmm. you're going to steal it. I'm going so, I'm I'm to steal the Batmobile. <laughs> you are Batman. That's so, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, he made hundreds of modifications, slight modifications, like mm-hmm. that symbol. And then they changed the steering wheel, I guess, because I guess it was like a U. And then, yeah, it was uh, an Edsel. Yeah. And so, it, but it, Adam West complained about that. So they just replaced it with a stock wheel from an Edsel, right? Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, what else? There was three of them created. And the first, and in 2013, Barris sold the original for 4.6 million. So that's probably to it pay is. for that garage. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then it sold again for undisclosed. So probably even more than that. Had to. Yeah. How many? So they made three of them for the series? Cause I know they said there were, it was two of them were on a different. Well, three replicas. So does that mean? Right. Four? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Cause yeah. there was the only was that concept car. It was just, there was that only one of the Futura, right? Yeah. Didn't they, they used like a different chassis, didn't they? Uh, Like at some point use something similar and just build it out. Maybe I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was, I don't know if it was the body too. I think it was cool. I found out that, um, in the comic books, way, 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 like in the early days of the comic books, the car that Batman would drive was a Lincoln then. So I think Mm -hmm. it was cool and just serendipitous that it was a Lincoln again. Yeah. With the bat head. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Right? Yeah. Th- man. And this to me is... want to drive. If you could drive it every day, you would drive it every day, right, Jeff? This? Bat- yeah. And yeah. I would get a cowl. <laughs> like, <laughs> you would get the outfit. Would yeah. you get the Adam yeah. West cowl, or would you go a different version of the I don't Batman? Think you, I think it would be blasphemy to wear... Yeah, to wear any, any other, different cowl. And I love other Batman, so that's not... No. That's yeah. Batman, that's not what I'm saying, but I think if you're in that Batmobile, you gotta wear... And yeah. Adam West Cowell, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to have the eyebrows respect. painted you on. You gotta it. respect. <laughs> it's so good. That it, for me, that was I know your criterion was if you could uh you it's the one you would want to drive up to someone's house for a party. And boy, does this fit you won't have to field the questions you would have to field if you drove up in a general Lee. Well it would just be awesome. We may need separate categories, like yeah. um the same criteria, but if I'm married. Or if I'm single. Right. Mm. That's, <laughs> like, that's a very good like point. Like, my wife's not letting me drive up in the Batmobile. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. If that thing doesn't have air conditioning and I put my wife Jennifer in it, it would be... I don't think we would even get out of the garage. If, if like, the air right, conditioning is the only complaint she has about driving around to your friend's <laughs> house in the Batmobile, then you're you're blessed, my friend. You're blessed. I am. I am. Oh, yeah. I'm very blessed, for sure. I think she'd be okay with it. I I don't know that she would want to be in it all the time. That's true. Like you, yeah. like every once in a while, like, oh yeah, fun. But then you get in there and it's a hot box. It, but it's also like, what's great. It's the, the double bubble with the glass. That mm-hmm. to me is, uh, it's like, Hey, do you want to be in a convertible, but not in a convertible? Would you like to be in a car with another person, but also in a version of a car that you could not talk to them because you each have your own individual glass bubble? That to me is hilarious. The idea of trying to have a, like doing a road trip in the Batmobile when you've got just glass covering each of you individually. So lonely. Yeah. It feels like a very lonesome, like, Hey, can you change the fan on the radio? What? <laughs> but for me, the thing was the silhouette test. And I think this one definitely passes the silhouette test with flying colors. Right. The mystery machine in the A team would likely have the same silhouette. 
Exactly. They would. They're very yeah. similar cars. Yeah. Just the spoiler. That A team spoiler. Does the mystery machine not have a spoiler? No, I don't think so. Why did my voice just get so high when I said Does that? the mystery machine have a spoiler? Have a spoiler? You got excited. Huh? I'm so excited about these cars because I know we're about to talk about Kit and I'm Let's really do it. excited. That, I mean, come on. Night Industries 2000. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can you give his introduction if you would, you, if you were introducing yourself to us oh, gosh. for the first time we get in the car? No, no, oh, you don't have you, to do anything directly from, I just want to hear the impression because one oh, of the characters the on the thrilling adventure hour that Hal played was literally written in the script as William Daniels Hal. Because that's how I started doing it, yeah. Hello, Michael. I'm activating the turbo boost. I had a plastic <laughs> kit that yeah. was like a decent size, and it came with a with a Michael Knight figure, and you would pull down the license plate, and it would say a bunch of like, I'm activating the turbo boost. So I, I had that same thing! Oh so my many, gosh! And I ran that, that just flooded stairs until it was yeah. like... <laughs> like, I broke it. Until it went hell on you. Now I have, I mean, Jeff, you probably see all the old Star Wars toys behind me that I've been collecting. They're all still in the box. So I'm like trying to get everything back from my childhood, which is real healthy. But that is one that I loved so much that I miss that just so beautiful. And it made the, that noise that from the front, like Mm -hmm. again, like unmistakable silhouette because of that red light. That goes, uh, uh that's yeah. on the very front where the, and the origin of that is Cylons from Battle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Aren't they, weren't they both Glenn Larson shows? Glenn mm-hmm. A. Larson. Glenn A. Larson. Sorry. Not I'm Glenn V. Larson. <laughs> I used to live down near the water and there was a boat there called the Belisarius. And I'm convinced to this day that it's Donald P. Belisario's boat. That would be just awesome. thinking of other producers with a, with, with their middle initial intact. Here's a trivia question for you. You guys might have this in your notes. Uh, do you know what that red pulsar is called on the front? Which functioned, by the way, that was scanning mode. So that fun- they wanted that to function as uh, Kit's eyes. Do you know what that thing was called on the show? I know it's an anamorphic equalizer, but... That is it. Well done, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> the anamorphic oh, equalizer. <laughs> yeah, I love this car. It's It's so hard because, like... The Batmobile outwardly has a personality mm-hmm. and a silhouette and a history and a bonkers story of how it was created in just a couple of weeks by this outsized Hollywood character who created all these other wonderful historical cars. But Kit was a character. Kit was, I mean, Kit could see, Kit could talk, Kit could crack jokes. Kit could also, by the way, 1982 Trans Am, get up to 200 miles an hour and do zero to 60 in two seconds flat. Wow. That's a fast car. That's a 10-second car. (laughs) Not as well part of the family. Uh, (laughs) I I have a question. Uh, Just a little litmus test for both of you. Yeah. Do you remember on Knight Rider when Kit – I forget if it's like Kit falls into a vat of acid or something, but almost gets destroyed. And the end of the episode, which I'm pretty sure was like maybe a season ending cliffhanger, it was him being brought in on like a flatbed and could barely talk. Do you remember that? You remember that? No. Jeff? You're nodding your head. No memory of that? Can't, I can't specifically remember that. No. Oh, because I remember it. And I remember that like how I felt because the car was a lead in the show. Mm-hmm. 
That is a huge, huge deal. The show is really about the car. Yes, yes, David Hasselhoff. He's wonderfully David Hasselhoffy in it. He's sure. the he's the perfect foil for Kit. Like they're great partners, but that's exactly the thing. They're partners. You care about this car. Maybe more than any of these other cars, with the exception of Speed Buggy, who we didn't talk about, who can talk. What was Speed Buggy? It's a cartoon. It was uh, like one of the many like a weird thing oh, yes. a bunch of kids solving mysteries. Yeah, it's the, the one that looks like <laughs> it's the one that looks like the little tykes car. Uh, yes. So, so yeah. uh, more William Daniels trivia if, is hmm. he, his name does not appear in the credits. No, but it was it. They just wanted to kind of keep it uh, originally kind of like it was really like a, a car. Yeah. Right. Doesn't it say Kit as himself? Wasn't that the credit? Well, but it what happened was he would be out William Daniels and he would talk <laughs> and everyone knew that was Kit. Yeah, I mean, imagine being a, a kid and what and like your parents have Saint Elsewhere on. <laughs> You're like, what? That car is a Did doctor. I, just hear, just hear say, I think we're going to lose this child. And you're like, what on earth? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard. I, look, I love the Batmobile. It's hard for Kit not to be the winner of this. I think maybe it doesn't have the silhouette. But it's got that light across. I don't know. That for me, just talking about it right now and the fact that they could put the the cliffhanger ending of a season could be that this, this beloved, so frequently a beloved character being in peril is the cliffhanger ending of a season that the cliffhanger in peril character was a car that was that beloved. Like if the Batmobile was wrecked, if the Dukes of Hazard, if the General Lee was wrecked, you know, it was going to be back again soon. If the Starsky and Hutch car was wrecked, it was always wrecked. But this is like, this is personal. You know what I mean? Like this car is a personality and a sense of humor. I, I agree. And I, and it's, and I've come, I, I didn't come into this thinking that I think I came Mm -hmm. in thinking Batman. And I remember looking at Kit and going, I love Kit, but no. But as we talked, and created this criteria. Yeah. Like, like we were talking earlier, like and you started saying things and you're like, Hmm, I guess based on that new opinion I have, yeah. uh, kit does fall into all the categories. One, it's super cool. It's got the, the light and it talks and it's your partner. So it's got that coolness factor and the high tech factor, but more subdued. Like, you know, it's there and you're super yeah. cool knowing it's there. Your the wife would doesn't. let you drive this up to a party. My wife yes. let me drive it. She'd be maybe she'd be like, maybe turn the light off when we pull up. Yeah. <laughs> but you bet you would go into the party and to everyone in the party be like, you want to meet Kit? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So I, I concur. I concur. Kit. Yeah. I mean, even I, they, I think they've tried to reboot it twice mm-hmm. and it doesn't work each time for a variety of reasons. But one of the main ones is it's not Kit. Yeah. A different voice, different car. Like it's just not that's so imprinted. And the the Batmobile, while that one is probably the one I think of first, because yeah. it was my first like Batmobile that I fell in love with. There are so many different iconic versions, whether it's that, whether it's the new muscle car version, whether it's Christian Bale's the I big tank. The, yeah, I mean the, the Tim Burton name. version was the Tim Burton version. Yeah. All these different Batmobiles are classic, and there even the animated series, which kind of takes it back to that original Lincoln. Look, it's just that's like one of many. Kit is one of one. There's only yeah. one kit. Yeah. Well, Hal, bring us home. I think we did it. Lord, 
can't believe can, will, can can we talk to kit for like i I know you usually sure. do the people of the world wrap up and decision yeah. but would you mind stepping aside and letting kit do it this time how i think he's finishing an atari basketball game let me just check oh <laughs> oh he's done hello mark hi kit so hello. Uh, can you render the decision for us yes people of the world i am the greatest tv car I have Turbo Boost, intelligence, and you care about me. Plus, I'm going to hang out with Sean and all those other kids on Boy Meets World and save lives at St. <laughs> Elsewhere. And the guy who plays me is going to show up in a bathrobe and work for one hour and make more money than most of us will in our lives. And we love him for it. And that is why I, Kit, am the greatest TV car. Asked and answered. <laughs> Oh, he's gone. And there he goes. He's gone. Look at that. Violently. He backed out very slowly. That's wow, he did. But he was doing that scanner thing. So, you know, he was mm -hmm. just staring directly at us as he mm -hmm. backed out slowly. Keep it on a swivel. That was fabulous. <laughs> Jeff Dwoskin, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us today. This was really fun. Where can people find you? What do you want them to find? Classic Conversations. We just did it. It was a blast. Yeah. Tell folks about it. Tell folks about what you want to, anything you want to promote. The floor is yours, my friend. Yes. Oh, well, I'd love for you to send me money. No, I'm Ooh. <laughs> Might as well go for it. No, uh, sure. Classic conversations, uh, on Apple, the website, classic-conversations.com or jeffisfunny.com will take you to the same place. Pop culture, nostalgia, deep dives. And I got these guys on. I got tons of other folks. Burt Ward, if you want to <laughs> dive into more Batman. Get more Batman in your life. Tons of great stuff. There's something for everyone. Over 200 episodes. I find Jesus is there. We talked about Jesus earlier. So, Jesus yeah. and Robin. Yeah. So, you know, definitely check that out. Well, yeah. thank you for being here today with us. Uh, we are so glad we got to have a double dose of Jeff today. Yeah. It's been a blast recording with you tonight. Uh, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Talk about the classic TV cars that you love. That's facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who you can support at patreon.com slash Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. Get in, everybody. We're going for a drive. It is a beautiful, long road that you set us on over 400 episodes ago, and we are not stopping anytime soon. And it is all thanks to you. You're the reason we do this. You're why we get great people like Jeff on to talk about fun topics. So to you, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.